Hi there, Rhonda Armour from Rhonda Armour Fitness, Nutrition and Life Coaching, and this is the SME Stories Podcast. You are now listening to the next great small business podcast. Welcome to the SME Stories Podcast, where it is all about small businesses in Canada. And here's your host, Ken Alfred. Everybody, thanks for downloading the show. We got a great episode today with Rhonda Armour. Now, Rhonda Armour is a nutrition and lifestyle coach as well as a personal trainer. And her greatest desire is to empower women and restore that flame of confidence, competence, and control. She offers custom virtual coaching and partners with their clients to develop self-care habits and strategies to implement those habits. They are meaningful and easy to fit into your unique lifestyle. There is no one-size-fits-all approach. The approach is custom and it's all about you with no judgment. Rhonda represents real life and real coaching. So we're in the fitness, nutrition, and coaching space today, which is going to be very interesting. So I'm looking forward to hearing what Rhonda has to say and what nuggets we can pull from her episode. So with that, sit back and absorb. All right. We have Rhonda Armour from Rhonda Armour Fitness, Nutrition, and Life Coaching. Rhonda, how are you doing? I am fantastic. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. So, all right. Rhonda Armour, fitness, nutrition, and life coaching. What's your story? What's my story? So my story is, um, so I, my background is the corporate world, um, came from HR, and I started having babies and realized that this is not what I want to do with my life. Um, you know, work 40 to 50 hours a week and be stressed and do the commute and all that stuff. I was really missing a lot at home. And um, even when I changed to a job closer to home, it just still wasn't my my vibe anymore it's amazing when you start to have a family that your priorities really change and i was always interested in in fitness i'd always been really active and so i decided to get my personal training certification and um i decided to quit my full-time amazing paying full benefits bonuses job and teach a boot camp class once a week for 25 dollars a class <laughs> So, um, thankfully I had a spouse who was, had a, a solid, you know, um, secure job that, that allowed me to do that. Um, and it's really grown from there in terms of my business. You know, I, like I said, started teaching boot camp classes and then realized I also wanted to get into the personal training side and really work with women one-on-one. -on -one. I love developing that relationship with them. Um, and then they started asking me all sorts of questions that I really didn't have all the answers to around nutrition and, and lifestyle in general. So I got my nutrition certification and then my life coaching certification, because it really, it I wanted to be able to provide a service that was full circle, right? That was, that was all encompassing, all the pieces put together to be able to service uh, the women that were struggling. Um, and my business slowly grew. And, um, you know, now I have this thriving business that I have such loyal clients and new clients coming on board, which is amazing and doing workshops and podcasts like this to sort of get the word out and really, um, have an impact. That was my goal. I really, you know, I've, I've struggled myself with weight, with confidence, with my relationship with food, all of those things that a lot of women struggle with. And so I'm, I'm relatable to women, right? They, it's not something that comes easy for me and I know it doesn't for them either. So we, we get to develop this partnership that's real and raw and honest and um, is, is built on um, us being vulnerable with each other. Um, and it's, it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm really lucky um, doing what I do um, and having the impact to be able to change the way women take care of themselves. And I have a few men out there too, um, is, is amazing. Um, so it's, I didn't, if you had have asked me, you know, 
15 years ago, if I would be doing this and this is what my business would look like, I would have no idea. Like I never thought I would be doing this and it's turned into something that I love doing every day. And I'm very, very lucky. And I'm lucky because I get to be at home with my kids and, um, and, and be around and be an involved mom, which is what I wanted uh, as my end game as well. So that's my story. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for the show. No, I'm kidding. That's not it for the show. Because <laughs> she answered almost all the questions we had. But no, I have some more questions yeah. for her okay. as well. But no, it's, it's a great story that you have because I think it's a lot of uh, small business owners coming from, you know, the nine to five wanting to switch. Yeah. And it's similar too because I used to be a personal trainer myself back in the day as well. And uh, I left the corporate side for, uh, I guess, a few years when I went into fitness because I always had that interest in it. Yes. So I got my personal training certification. I worked at a few different gyms, did some private yeah. practice. And it was a lot of fun, right, yeah. at the same time. And uh, I think once, it was, for me, it was, a, it was a flip side where um, that's when we started having kids, and right. uh, my wife's like, okay, you're, you're, you know, you're work, you're working out, you're waking up really early, you're coming home late, because uh, you know, depending on where you have clients, I'm, I used yes. to have a, a record where, at the gym I worked at, I was, I got recognized as the earliest trainer to have like the earliest client. It was wow. a 5 a.m. time slot. Oh, and geez. my mornings were actually fairly busy from about five till about maybe seven. Yeah. And then I'd get the afternoon break. Right. And right. when you go back to the corporate side, you definitely miss that uh, mid-afternoon nap that you would have if you had it. Right. <laughs> and then you'd be coming back at the gym from maybe like a four to seven, four to eight right. kind of split. So it was like a split shift. And yes. uh, yeah, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I don't regret that time at all because uh, you know what? It, it may have been like a little bit sporadic here and there, but at the end of the day, I met so many great people. I had yes. so many great clients and I, it was so much fun right, doing that. So yeah, it's different because, like I said, we had to go back to the corporate side, which I still, I didn't mind it at that time. But that that you know, but we had to figure out because we we're having our second child, so we had to figure out, okay, do you want to go back? And it's funny, yeah. I went back to the same company that certified me as a trainer. So okay, nice. You know, and and where did you get certified, Rhonda? Um, through CanFit Pro. There you go. Um, Maybe I yeah. signed off on your certification. I don't know. I was probably I was probably working there during that time. So right, right. Um, yeah, and it's it's interesting. Like I don't know if you experienced this, but I. I don't know that I was totally prepared coming out of my certification to like, to actually, you know, train people properly. And I, you know, thankfully, um, I did have some people sort of in my orbit that were willing to sort of help me out in that, in that realm. And I really had to find my, my niche and what I was good at, right? Yeah. Because it, I really wasn't prepared. It's like, oh, now I'm a certified personal trainer. Great. What does that even mean? Right. <laughs> so. well, I'll, I'll tell you this story really quickly, Rhonda. So yeah. before I got certified as a trainer, um, through, through the same organization, I looked for another one and it was strictly online. Right? I'm not okay. going to name the name of the company because yeah. I think they're still around, but I don't know. <laughs> it's a really good thing. Right. But I had to pay just $100 and this mm. is back in 2002, okay. right? So 100 bucks, and they gave me a textbook or they, you know, a, a Word document at that time, maybe right. a PDF <laughs> and uh, passed a multiple choice exam. No practical. Ooh. And I got the little paper, I got the big certificate and the little yep. wallet card. And yep. I was a certified fitness trainer and nutritionist. Oh, geez. What's wrong with that picture, Rhonda? Yeah, a whole <laughs> lot, a whole lot. Jeez. Absolutely. Really? When you don't have practicals in any course, yes. you got to have something there, especially if you're a yeah. very hands-on kind of course, right? I mean, yes. for, maybe there are some courses that you maybe could do it purely online and maybe this have, whether it's application papers or essays or right. 
simulations of something, you know, yes. just so you could say, okay, you're in the trust. Cause I was similar to yourself. Like they didn't really preach. They didn't really teach the business side of it. Yes. Right. right. It was more like, just make sure you don't kill somebody or right. hurt somebody. <laughs> Use the proper exercise mechanics. But right. uh, in terms of like how to find clients, what are the possible places you can work at? Uh, should yes. you do private practice, gyms, can be all these different things was none was not there at the time. And Yes. I, don't, I haven't looked at their manuals recently. I don't know if it's changed, if they actually do have a business piece to it. But, you know, because I think sometimes some trainers and nutrition and sometimes the best trainers are sometimes the worst business people. Right. Because I, agree. I think for yourself and myself, when we got into the fitness fitness game here. We actually wanted to help people. Yes. We wanted to help them with their health, nutrition, their fitness, everything. So when we had to say, oh, yeah, it's going to cost you about a hundred bucks a session. I'm sorry. I can't afford that. Okay. Five dollars yeah. a session. Right. So it's, <laughs> right. there's, there's no sliding scale. It's one or the right. other because you just wanted to help, but uh, yes. no, it's great that, that you're doing. And the, the fact that you added the nutrition piece, because also that was lacking from when you get certified 100%. as a trainer, you yes. might know a little bit about macros and stuff yeah. like that. But when I was learning back then, and I'll, I'll make this fast as well, is that, you know, back then we were taught about multiple meals a day, right? Right. Every two to four hours, you're eating something. Yes. And then a few years ago, my wife said, why don't we try doing like intermittent fasting, which is some people it's, it's new, but for other people it's not. But right. uh, that's like down to like, for those who don't understand it, just the rough case is you're supposed to eat very clean. A lot of, there's a lot of fat on it, a lot of, you know, and all that sort of stuff, but you're only eating maybe one or two meals a day. Right. And that was the one, it wasn't the eating it was the frequency of the eating that messed me up when I first started trying it, Rhonda. Right, like, right. It was one of those things that she's like, okay, we're only going to eat, let's say, dinner. I'm like, well, first she said, let's fast. And I'm like, what is fat? Oh, you want us to not eat? She's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And would you recommend anyone who fasts, what's the most you would ever expect someone to fast if they before they start, if you even believe in that? What do you think? Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, my, my take on it, um, and again, my based on who I work with and the women I work with that usually have some sort of um, past with dieting. Uh, so I don't love to go down the path of like, of everyone being and taking on the same approach because it really has to be custom. And that's, you know, where my, my custom coaching comes in. But what I like to tell people is let's have a natural fasting period from after dinner till breakfast. Right. Um, because, okay. You have a, if, as long as you have a nice, you know, complete balanced meal at dinner, you should be okay to not eat through the evening. Then obviously you're sleeping. So you don't need to be eating then, then you can wake up, you know, have your water and all that. And then you can consume your breakfast. If that is an easy, natural fasting people um, sort of window for most people to be able to wrap their heads around. Um, I could not do a, Oh, let's only eat, you know, not start eating till three in the afternoon. I would be angry and <laughs> not pleasant to be around. You'd be hangry. Um, you talk about hangry, not hangry, just angry. Totally. <laughs> right. You're right. Angry for sure. Um, so for people starting out and want to have some, some like fasting windows, that is a great place to start. Natural fasting window. It, it, that's a yes. great one to start. And the yes. first, and I'll say we actually, so my wife's like, Oh yeah, let's, let's do like a 72 hour fast. I'm like, oh. really? So that, and my wife is very, like, she's fit. She loves exercise and stuff like that. So she's phenomenal at that. So right. we, and, but we did together, which was a lot easier versus she said, okay, sure. you do it by yourself. I'm yeah. still going to be here chowing down. That's not the case. You watch me eat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, the tw first 24 hours, tough. Right. By 48 hours. Okay. 
But that 72 hours one, though, just when you're getting, you ever get, you, you work out a lot too. So you ever doing cardio or any type of thing where you're just right at the edge, where it's that last minute or that last mile or right. those last few reps, where it just suddenly got really, you know, you started yeah. to get really drained. And she's yes. like, oh, should we have steak or quail for dinner? I'm like, both. I'll eat both. <laughs> right. And she mocked me during the 48 hour one because she decided to, to make a cake. It was for the kids, but it was for the kids. Oh and I'm like, how do you not smell that? And Right. And lick your fingers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know what? Did lose some weight on that, which is not, which is a good thing. But right. uh, sorry, that was on my little rant there. So let's go back. Let's go back to you, Rhonda. <laughs> how big is your practice right now? How many people do you have working with you? Um. So in terms of like employees or clients? Both. Uh, so it's just me. Uh, I'm a solopreneur um, on purpose. Back in the day when I was um, doing boot camp classes and stuff, I did try to bring on some other trainers because it just got to be very uh, busy, too much, yeah. right? Really busy. And to your point about the hours, right? It was like everyone wanted evening, you know, classes for boot camp classes and things like that. And I had kids at home and that didn't work. So I was trying to, you know, create some balance for myself. Um, it didn't work, if I'm honest, about bringing someone else on because, and this is not to toot my own horn, but I guess it kind of sounds like it is, is that people were, they wanted me, right? They wanted me. They didn't want the other trainer that I had brought in or, you know, whoever it happened to be. Nothing against them. They were great. You know, I've edited them well, but it's, they just wanted me because that's where their comfort zone was. So that's fine. Um, so it is, it is always me. It will always just be me um, because I um, really focus hard on providing a certain level of service for my clients, whether it's my personal tra training clients or my nutrition and lifestyle clients. Um, it is, it's important to me that they get, they, they get me and what I stand for and what my business stands for. Um, so it's just me. It always will be. Um, in terms of clientele, it goes in waves. Like I have clients, um, literally personal training clients that I've had since almost the beginning that I've been doing this, like for 12, 13 years, wow. which is amazing. Like, again, I'm very, very lucky. I have the best clients ever um, because they recognize that this is not just something we do for three months and then we stop. Right. And they want the accountability. They also want someone you know, especially from the personal training side, they don't want to have to think about what they have to do at the gym. They don't want to have to like think about what they're, they want someone just to tell them they come in, they do their workouts, they go, they, and it's all virtual. I do all my stuff virtually, even personal training since COVID, which has worked um, amazingly well. Um, so my personal training clients are pretty stable. I probably have, oh, 10, 12 clients I see every week consistently for years upon years upon years, which is awesome. And Great. then the nutrition and lifestyle clients, um, you know, their commitment to me initially is I need three months at least from you. That, that's the commitment. And then after that, because everyone's very different, you know, some, some stay on and do biweekly. Some are like, you know what, I feel like I just need some maintenance. I, and I see you, you know, once a month. Um, and some people, if I'm being honest, aren't, um, aren't ready to make the, the real, the real, real commitment for various reasons, whether it's personal reasons, it's financial reasons, whatever it might be. So there's a real wave, you know, it goes back and forth in terms of how many clients I may have at any given time. Right now, if I think about it, I probably have about um, 15 to 20 nutrition uh, and lifestyle clients 
um, that I see at various times. Some are on a weekly schedule right now, some are bi-weekly, some are monthly, but it just goes in waves. It, it really does. But it's nice that there's always, you know, new people coming on board because I love, love starting with new women and, and seeing how excited they are to like take back control of their life. So it changes. It really does. Yeah, no, that, that's great because, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it always, it's peaks and valleys, right? Because some uh, back yeah. when I used to do it, it was always like wedding season, I would always get the clients that are just trying to slim down for the wedding or right. the one I've had a few like athletes, one want to be a few that want to be police officers. So you got a very wide variety of yes. people. Right. But then you said it was just that three month commitment or or anything like that. So and especially those who want to get into this space as well, you have to understand, like, you know, you're very lucky that you got like the 10 to 15 that are consistent, which is yeah. good, because yes. I think what a lot of trainers or nutritionists or even life coaches, they, you know, they think everyone is passionate about what they're doing, you know, like what you do yeah. as they do, but they don't, right? Because yeah. some of them are going to be the ones that just say, you know what, tell me what to do. That was, those are the easy ones, right? Because yeah. they just want to, maybe because uh, whether it's the motivation or the fact they can check it off that, okay, that's one less thing I have to worry about. Right. So, but then there are others that they also question your knowledge about certain things. And right. I remember I had one client, she wanted to do strictly abs for a session. Oh. I said, are you sure? <laughs> Right. And she's like, yeah. So of course I burned her within the first 10 minutes. I'm like, she's like, yeah, I think I'm ready to move on to another muscle part, muscle body, yeah. or part, another part of the body. I'm like, yeah, yeah. because it's funny yeah. when you get there's some clients that try to almost tell you how to do it. Right. Because right. I always joke like, but clearly what you think is actually working, right? That's why I'm here. Right. Because if it Absolutely. you know, so, but uh, that's just tongue in cheek humor between trainers. So it's yeah, one of those absolutely. things, but uh no, that's back to yourself here. So where do you see yourself like within five years of your business? How you plan on growing it? Are you eventually going to maybe bring on someone else again? Maybe to take over the virtual coaching or the virtual anything for you um, or hell, maybe in a brick and mortar no. store? <laughs> no, um, no, probably not. No, I, I, um, maybe it's a bit of a control thing. I love to just do my own <laughs> thing. I love, um, you know, I, I, and I set boundaries for myself too around my my business. My family is really important, um, and my you know sort of work life balance is really important. So I I purposefully don't you know inundate myself with with clients, tasks, you know, networking events, things like that. I try to keep a really balanced schedule because I know that that's that's how I try to take care of myself, right? Um, so. I want to be able to, if I have to take my kid to the dentist in the middle of the day, I can do that. Right. Um, and so I've created this certain lifestyle for myself on purpose. Um, I, I work from home, um, which I never did before pre COVID. I was traveling around to people's homes to either do personal training or do the nutrition and lifestyle coaching. And obviously when, you know, COVID changed that and I did virtual, um, after that. And then I realized, you know, not far into the pandemic that, um, I'm not going to go back to uh, traveling around to people's homes. It's a very inefficient way for me to do my business, especially since my business really grew a lot during COVID, which I'm grateful for. Uh, I couldn't possibly drive around and see everybody and make it work. It just is not feasible. Yeah. Um, so I will work from home. I love that. Uh, it works for my lifestyle and my family. Um, in terms of, of, you know, other growth, I'm starting to, uh, because we can get out to more events and things like that and have a presence. Um, I've, you know, recently when we may get into this later, but I've recently written my first book, yes. uh, probably my last one as well. So I'm trying to, you know, I, I'm getting out more face to face with people and in the nature of my business, because 
you know, the women I work with, there's, they're, like I said earlier, there's a vulnerability piece there. And there's, um, so I, so being face to face with people to be able to have a real conversation about what I do and how, how I can make a difference in their life and that it's about them, right? It's not some diet they're signing up for. Um, being face to face with people is key. So I like the idea of getting out, whether it's networking, it's, you know, having like a, a boost type of thing, you know, at, at some sort of vendor event um, to be able to have those conversations with women. And there's, there's just nothing like it, the face to face. Right. So um, that's, that's sort of where I'm going. Um, but I will just, I will maintain my, my, my priority is always my current clients um, and taking really good care of them um, because they deserve that. They've made the commitment to me and I, I want to return the favor. Uh, that's great. That's great. I'm, I'm, I'm loving how you're, how you're saying that there. So, so basically when you, so if someone ever wanted to get into this particular space, what are the, I guess, expenses that they don't that they actually don't are not aware of when they get involved in this. Cause I think for a lot of people, the way that may, who do any type of virtual, whether it's virtual training or nutrition yes. or lifestyle, they're thinking, Oh, Kalani is just a computer and a webcam and a phone and I'm good. Totally. Is totally. there anything else that you, that would surprise people about your biz that say, yeah, you know what? It's true. You do need those ones, but there's yeah. actually a few other things you actually got to keep in mind. Yeah. Um, I have a lot more expenses than I, than I thought I would now only because <laughs> my business sort of keeps evolving. Right. So the book, for example, there's an expense to writing a book, right. But I never thought I would write a book. So that was kind of, you know, an unexpected thing. Um, you know, if you want to be on social media, you have to have, um, uh, you know, headshots and you need to have marketing material. Maybe you're hired, you know, at one point I hired someone to do my social media. Um, and now I'm back to doing that myself. Um, you know, if I'm doing in-person events now, I, you know, I, I have this big banner that I had made and that was an expense. Um, having a website is an expense. You have to pay for that, <laughs> right? Um, for a hosting company to host your website or someone to design your website, if that's not your forte, um, all the memberships, like I have three you know, professional memberships for personal training, for nutrition and for life coaching. I have to recertify for those things. Um, any events that I go to or networking, I have to pay to be involved in those types of things as well. Um, so it's, it's, um, it, it can, it can be seen like small things, even office expenses, ink to print things or, you know, um, business cards, you know, there's always going to be something. So I don't, I, I, I don't want people to think that just because you're doing, a, especially when it's a virtual business from home, that you're not going to have any expenses because you will. I also have coaching, you know, I have a, my own business coach because to your point earlier, just because I'm good at what I do doesn't mean I'm great at running a business. And I like to be able to chat with my coach about the direction my business is going in and what we want to do next and, and run ideas by her. So those, there's those coaching fees as well, which I, is, is a non-negotiable for me. I'll always have that, but um, there's always, always expenses, yeah. um, especially if you want to continue to grow or pivot in different directions. Um, there's going to be expenses. It's just, it's just how it is. It's nature of running business. Pretty much. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people, what they think of, if they try to start their own thing, some of them, I, I had this chat with my last guest and uh, they were saying, oh yeah, we, what about those Amazon businesses that you can just, you know, sell products without actually keeping it in stock and all that sort of stuff. And that's like, well, that's not really a business in terms of a brand, Right. right. So for we're right. trying to brand ourselves, you're branding yourself yes. as Rhonda Armour. I'm branding yeah. the podcast and my other yeah. services. Right. And uh, I think what some people mistake of 
I guess entrepreneurs and I'll say, I don't know if you want to call them uh, side business owners, the ones that just want to set it, forget it and not do anything. Um, right. Which is not bad too, but th- let's not kid ourselves. Is that a, really a brand? Like if right. I'm buying a product from Amazon, I might, I don't even know that I'm a supplier. I just know I'm buying it from Amazon. Yes, right. That's- so Amazon's the brand and that's what yes. people recognize. They don't, re- they don't re- recognize John Smith uh, collectibles yeah. as the little thing. You, <laughs> I don't know who that is. It's like, yes. they're on Amazon, I guess they're legit. So yeah. Interesting. So let's talk about the industry itself. I know we talked a little bit about yeah. it. Like, what is your opinion? I'll, I'm going to call it about the health and wellness industry. So yeah. conclude everything. Like, what do you, where do you see it going? Oh, um, it's a big industry. If we kind of are doing the whole health and wellness industry, um, because there's big, you know, there's big gyms. There's, you know, um, it can include like, you know, chiropractors, massage therapists, all that piece too. Um, and then there's, you know, smaller businesses like myself that's, that's you know, doing the coaching piece, right? And I think, um, I think we'll always be around. I think people are, are a lot more in tune with taking care of themselves. And, and I always encourage my clients, you know, they're not going to get everything they need from me, right? I encourage my clients to put together their self-care team. Right. I have my own self-care team. Right. Um, because every every person that you sort of bring into your orbit will have a d- different sort of level of expertise that they can provide to you. Right. Whether it's, you know, a naturopath, a massage therapist, an acupuncturist, a, a, you know, a personal trainer and a nutritionist, whatever it might be. Um, and so I think the industry is. Uh, is vast and it's it's there's a lot of experts out there. What I caution people with is making sure that when you bring someone into your self-care team that they are providing a service that is about you as the individual right because otherwise you just get sort of a cookie cutter approach it, and you, you you probably saw this in the gym um where the trainers it could be because they are not experienced enough um where they're sort of providing the same program for every single person and i don't believe that that's the right approach it's not the approach that i take um, you know, while I might do personal training and the nutrition coaching, every program I do is different for, for my personal training clients, because it depends on, you know, how old they are, what's, what shape, what kind of shape they're in, what injuries they might have. So I have to customize it. Same with the nutrition and, and lifestyle coaching. It has to be custom about you. Um, it's like when you go to, you know, uh, the, the, to a chiropractor, you know, they, they, yes, they might do similar things, but they're based on, you know, they're working on based on what's work, what's what your issue is, what your injury is, right? So do your research, right? Do your homework, ask questions, um, get referrals, read those reviews. They're really important to make sure that you're getting the care that you need and you deserve. And it should be custom care. Um, it shouldn't be cookie cutter. Um, everyone gets the same treatment. Again, whatever sort of industry we're talking about. And and but, but do your homework because I've heard so many horror stories and 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 people spending so much money and time and they're so frustrated because they're not getting the care that they want. Yeah, exactly. And I remember when I used to help out, uh, I actually used to help out co- uh, co-op students back at the gyms, oh, okay. right? So, right. you know, because I, I, I remember seeing this one, this one co-op student, he was just there a couple of days a week and he kept all his job was to try to get experience is just putting the dumbbells back into the uh, dumbbell rack. Right. And I looked at him. I say, what's, uh, what do you, what do you hope to do? I said, yeah. oh, you know, well, I would love to be a trainer, but I also, you know, maybe love to do a gym, like own a gym and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, okay. What, what days are you in? I said, oh, I'm on this day and this day. Okay. You're going to train me. Right. And, uh, 
And then I gave them like, now thankfully I did this, but I had like, you know, you, when you get your clients in the gym, you get like all their, their health information. Yeah. So I blacked out everything and I just gave them the scenario. Okay. I'm going to give you one piece of homework. That's all you have to do. I'm going to give you three clients, totally fictitious names. Mm-hmm. One is a woman trying to lose 30 pounds, maybe early twenties. You have a second one who's a young guy who's trying to gain, uh, you know, muscle. He wants to gain yeah. weight. And then I'm going to give you a 65 year old woman with bad knees. So not this week, but next week, I'm going to give you some program cards. I just want you to think based on their history and what you have. And yeah. I'd like I said, I blacked out very specific things like no names, no birth dates, yeah. but you'll see what their weight was, any issues that are listed on there. I said, okay, mm-hmm. I want you to design a program for them. And I want you, I also want you to show me what, how would you progress this? How would you regress this if right. it's too much for them? And let me know. Right. So I did that for the first student. He was just like, his mind was blown because he didn't think he's getting experience and doing this. Because the way I looked at it too is that, look, if you really want to be a trainer and you don't like what I'm about, what you're about to do here, I would rather you know now yes. than to spend and <laughs> then to go to college university or pay hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. to be a trainer and then really don't like it. Yes. Right. And I, I did the same with this other student. And he was like stressing, although he was a little bit interesting because for that uh, 80 year old or 65 year old woman, and I said, okay, pretend I'm the 65-year-old woman. He had me doing like a one-legged BOSU single-leg squat, right? Oh, boy. And I was like, <laughs> I could do it, but I'm like, you're going to put a grandma on there? Right. Maybe right. let's regress that back just a smidge. Yes. She has bad knees. I don't think she wants to be doing single-legged squats at this point, right? So, right. right. But uh, anyways, back, back about that there. So that's where the, the trend seems to be going. It's more, I find it's definitely gonna be more online now, more, more remote, yeah. uh, more, you know, cause before you, you just, it was always in person and it's a very uh, highly touch hand touched type of industry. Yes. And yes. now we're, we're getting to that point that it's, it's becoming more virtual, which is, I guess it's a great opportunity for some, maybe not yeah. so good for the people who really like the, the hand holding or, you know, I like to be there yeah. with you kind of thing, yes. but I'll be, do I'll do one. I'll say this one thing though, Rhonda, the one thing I don't miss about doing a, uh, doing sessions in clients' homes, working in a very dirty home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One client, it was in his basement, and he lived in the basement. Okay. And uh, you you saw cobwebs all over the place, and you're just right. like, uh, I'm supposed to try to do crunches and sit-ups on the floor. I don't know if I want to put, yeah. I don't want to lie down on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I don't miss that. Right. But um, let right. me ask you this then. I ask this to all my guests here. So You've been doing your business for so long. What has been your biggest failure, but also Mm. your biggest success so far? Mm. I, I don't know that I've had one big failure, but I've had many small failures. Um, yeah, roll them up into one. Why not? Well, and this is the thing it, 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 because it can be rolled up into one, you know, I've, I've, over time, and this goes with being an entrepreneur, right? Where you are, you know, you get, we talked about weaves and earlier with clientele, but it goes like that with your business when you're trying to figure out sort of what direction you want to go with different things. And, you know, I've often had, you know, thoughts or, or people that have said to me, Oh, you should try this. You should do this. You should be really offering this or did it, you know, and you see, you try it and then it fails and they try it and then it fails and you, you know, put something out there and it fail and there's more expenses. Right. Um, and it took me a long time to recognize and through the help of my business coach as well, that it's okay just to stay in your own lane, right? And focus on what you're really good at 
And what I'm really good at is the one-to-one coaching with women and, and staying true to who you are, because some of the things I was trying to put out online, um, were not in line with what I believe in terms of providing that one-to-one personal service, right? It was trying to touch the masses and that's not, that's not how I coach. So I, I, I started and stopped many things, either it got off the ground or it didn't. And I, because it never felt right, but I was, I thought, well, I got to keep trying new things, right? You don't always have to be, keep, keep reinventing yourself, especially when you have something already that works. Right. Right. It, it, it's one thing if you had no clients at all. Right. And it's like, right. okay, maybe try something. Yes. But if you have, like you said, you have 10 or 15 re- recurring clients that's yeah. been there for how many years? Right. You don't need to rock the boat too much. Right. Exactly. And I guess in your point too, you don't need a thousand clients right? right? in terms of trying to scale. Because one of my previous guests, she was saying, well, a lot of people, a lot of owners seem to not get, they're trying to grab everybody. Yeah. But what if your business only really needs just a new, just maybe just... 10 new clients a year. Well, and that's, Maybe that's it. I am. That's just, just it. Right. Like, and I, like I mentioned earlier, my goal is not to, you know, bring on other, you know, nutrition, you know, nutrition trainers or personal trainers. So it's just me. I can only handle so many. Right. And the, the women that I want to bring on, there's, I want the women that are going to put the work in. Right. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Right. It's not going to just have a straight line to success, but they've, they've had enough and they're willing to put the work in. Those are the women I want to work with. Right. Because we can get somewhere. Um, so it's, yeah, when you have, when, when you have a constant sort of flow of new clients, plus to your point about, you know, the clients that are there long-term, which I, again, I'm super grateful for, you don't need to be always pivoting and trying to, you know, um, bring in new ways of doing business or, you know, so that's, but it took me a long time to realize that because you see other people, right. You, whether it's social media, Oh, well, they're doing this. Maybe I should be doing this. Oh, that person's done this. And it's like, stop comparing and think about what works for you um, and what you're good at. Um, But that took me a long time. I, I would say that's probably my biggest failure because I just, I kept, it's like, it's like banging your head against the wall over and over and over, right? And it's just like, hey, stop the insanity. Um, let's just do what you're good at. So, um, and in terms of success, oh, geez, this is going to sound really cheesy, but. Um, Cheese away. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's the, it's the impact. When you see, when I have, you know, conversations with women and it's like this light bulb goes on because their mindset has suddenly changed and how they treat themselves has changed and the results. And I'm not even talking about weight loss, just like, they're like, Rhonda, I feel so much better. I don't need to nap in the afternoon. I have like energy all day long. I, um, my, I have the clear the brain fog. I feel strong. I feel healthy. And, and they get it. It clicks. Um, after sometimes it could be months and months and months and months of us trying to figure out what works for them because very, again, it's very custom. That is my biggest success. I, 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 you know, I don't know that I can talk that, you know, cause it's not always easy, right? It's not always easy and not, it doesn't always click for everybody and we will try and try and that's okay. Um, but, but I love, I love it when I see that women are just happy and proud of themselves and I've had a part of that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. one thing I, I, I really had a joy from, and I, I like, I'm a martial artist from okay. since I was a kid. Right. Okay. And, uh, you know, I remember during my during my personal training days, one of the things I was also teaching was kickboxing and stuff like that. I was teaching at uh, Seneca College at a few different campuses and Variety Village gyms and other gyms as well. And I remember one uh, 
I remember I had a couple of offers to join a, a couple of competitive fight teams, okay. right? Because they said I was really good. Yeah. But the funny thing is that I said no with a smile. I said, not really, because, you know, I don't get a joy out of punching somebody in the face or kicking them in the leg right? or knocking them out. I, I got more of a joy working with clients when, you know, they can't do a push up now they can do 10. Yes. They can't, they don't know how to throw a punch and now they can actually throw like four or five punches in a row with, with really good technique and really strong power. Yes. I I get, I see more joy in that than to, and plus I don't want to deplete myself, especially trying to slim down for like a fight camp. I mean, I don't know if you have any of those type of clients where they're, they're very driven to the point that you almost have to pull the reins and tell them to ease up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because most people think from trainers that we're dealing with the populations that is but more the heavier side or we're just trying to get them to come down. Right. Right. And they, the rarities you get. So if you actually get, let's say, an athlete or just someone that's highly motivated, mm-hmm. it's almost it can be it's fun in a way, but it's almost like you have to get you have to pull them back way yes. harder because otherwise I remember I had one client before and I'll make this story quick because I don't want to get back to you here was he was training for, I think, his first marathon. Mm. And I was just consulting with him on all that sort of stuff. And he was telling me about all of the da- the days he has of, of him running. Right. And I said, well, how many days do you train, man? Yeah. He said, oh, um, you know, I train seven days a week. I'm like, why? Oh, no, don't you get a break? Oh, yeah, I get a break on Sunday. Then I go for like two and a half hours on the elliptical. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And I remember I was there for his, I can't remember if I was there for his first race and you know, he was very proud. Like he, yeah. he beat his personal best by like 15 minutes. And, uh, he, then he, he disclosed to me, yeah, I can, you know, what? That's, that's great. I'm happy I beat my time, but I beat him with a stress fracture in my foot. And I'm like, uh, you did what? Now, when someone tells you, Rhonda, your, your motivated client, you yeah. find out they still competed while injured. Yeah. How upset are you going to be as a trainer? Yeah. Yeah. Because you're thinking... You're thinking you beat your best time with a stress fracture on your foot by 50 minutes. Could you imagine how much you could have beaten your time by without the stress right, fracture right. on your foot? <laughs> That's the way I'm looking at it. Yes. So I gave him a little bit of heat for that, but I was still proud that he finished. But I'm like, dude, just take a break every so often. Yeah. You're not going to. And I understand for especially cardiovascular fitness, because how many times right. have, you can maybe miss a week without lifting weights. Yes. And, you know, it's going to be a little bit sore. But I guess for some people, they... I think there was a study done where they almost equate it to like run, like those people who really enjoy running and yeah. cardio. It's almost like a they did this thing with mice and it almost made it look like it was a drug to them. Right. Yeah. At the minute, because yes. it was one with the wheel that they would always go out. They put them on the wheel for a little bit and they took the wheel off and then they examined the mouse and the mouse was like, yeah. you know, freaking out right. because it's like it needs to do something. Yes. Yes. Right. It's the same with the when I went on the uh, when I tried doing the one to two meals a day. It's like I wasn't hungry. But I was just so I was just so on the clock of yes. like every few hours yes. you got to eat yeah. so that I'd just be more like, you know, yeah. what am I supposed to do? Right. I feel like I should be eating. Yeah. But anyways, the back to you. piece is really key, right? But I deal with that even yeah. without my even on the non-personal training side, on the nutrition with the nutrition side, it's it's, you know, this um, those clients that feel like they have to be perfect all the time with yeah. everything. And don't ever like give themselves permission to like dial it back a little bit and just enjoy their life. And, you know, like we have conversations about that because it can become this obsession. And then it's this really unhealthy mindset that we don't want people to be in. Right. We want some balance. I know that you word is so overused. And sometimes I like to use the word (laughs) harmony instead, because it's just like, let's just, you know, 
they're like, well, I can't go to dinner at someone's house because I'm not going to eat well. It's like, listen, like you need to have a life too. Like this is not right, <laughs> right? So yeah. it's the same type of thing, like whether it's PT or it's the nutrition side and, and, and not just, it's not, I call it nutrition. It's not just nutrition. It's all pieces. Like it's, it's yeah. everything, but it's, you don't need to be perfect all the time. We are human beings and mm-hmm. we need to be able to find this place where we can live a healthy lifestyle, but still have a life. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. I remember before my, my client used to come to me and they said, I said, oh, how was your weekend? Oh, Canada was horrible. And I said, why? I cheated on my diet. Oh. I said, okay, what'd you do? I had a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> and I look at them, I'm like, and? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's bad, right? I'm like, well, hold on. So yeah. I always go by the, whether well, it's 80, 20 or 90, 10 rule. Right, right. All right. If you're doing the right thing 80 to 90% of the time, yeah. that 10 to 20% of the time, have fun. Go right. nuts. I said, I said, if you're going to, and I joke with my clients, if you're going to be bad, be really bad. Well, that's so what I gonna, say. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so and, and ten, do it, like, how <laughs> do you like, like I would say to clients too. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to indulge in something, you better darn well love it. Right. Don't pick something that you don't actually love. It's like, eat what you love, enjoy it, sit with it, like really take it in, enjoy it and then move on. Right. Like mm-hmm. don't eat something that you're like, oh yeah, that's okay. I could take or leave that. Right. Like enjoy yeah. it. Um, and that's part of having the healthy mindset, you know, around food is we don't need to be like, we just need to be present and, and be able to have, again, some balance, again, overused word, but like, but we don't need we, the consistency. That's what I aim for is there we go. let's have some consistency around our healthy habits, whether it's around, you know, moving our bodies, it's around sleep, it's around, you know, stress management, food, all the things. Let's just be consistent instead of being perfect. Hey, do you need an error-free website? Do you need transcription that's accurate and on time? Do you like to remove noise from your video or audio recording? Do you need a spokesperson for your business? If so, we can help. At Northway Capital Group, we are happy to announce that we are now providing website testing services, audio transcriptions, and audio cleanup, as well as spokesperson services. We would love to help you on your next project. Contact us for more information at northwaycapitalgroup at gmail.com. Now it's time for tips from the pro. All right. So, all right, let's go to the tips from the pro segment here. So now this segment, we're all talking about if I want to do what Rhonda does or even something similar to it. So we'll start with like the first question is, okay, Rhonda, I want to get into this, into this space here. Do I need a degree in exercise science or a dietitian's degree to coach, you know, fitness and nutrition? Um, No, you don't. Um, But it's, um, you need to belong to some sort of, you know, reputable sort of organization or, and get, get a, you know, certification at least. Um, but do your homework, right? Do your homework on that as well. Um, and, and, but that's not going to be the only thing you need, right? Like the, this, whether it's schooling or a certification, find somebody if you can, that you respect in the industry that can, you can sort of apprentice with and, and that can guide you because getting a certification or even once you're done school, we all know, we all have diplomas or degrees or whatever. And then you get out into the road you're like, what, what do I do now? What am I supposed to do here? Yeah, totally. (laughs) So having someone that you can ask questions to and, and get some real guidance is really key if you want to enter the industry. Yeah. Like whether it's you're entering a gym or, or, or a clinic of any kind, providing nutritional or life coach services. And that's okay to even start with just because even though your end goal is I want to do my own thing, totally. but getting, getting that experience and yeah. learning from fellow coworkers, whether they're trainers, nutritionists, coaches, you get a lot of different, you know, 
thing. So you kind of know what works and what doesn't yes. for yes. you at least. Yes. Right. Everyone has their own unique style. Yeah. You're not going to have one type of thing that'll just be the be all end all for everybody. Yes. So exactly. excellent. All right. Next thing here. Now I'm starting off here. How diverse of a clientele should I actually have? Should I really go target super niche or do I go too wide or do I go very diverse? Um, I think at the beginning you have to go diverse because you don't know where you're going to sort of end up sort of um, getting your niche from or your area of expertise, right? That doesn't mean you take on anyone and everyone. I think we all have to have boundaries if, and, and stay within your scope right and your area of expertise sort of like you don't want to be like you know taking on on people that have you know issues that you are not qualified to take care of so have some boundaries but i think it's okay to experiment with different age groups you know men women whatever um you know people that have injuries um kids whatever it might be to see what your interest really is because eventually you want to be um, coaching people again, whether it's personal training, it's the nutrition piece, coaching people that, that you feel like you mesh with the best and that you can provide the most value for, right? It took me a while to do that, right? It's, it's like, you know, you, you sort of take on everyone that comes because you're not sure. And then you start to realize, oh, wait a second, I, I'm, this doesn't really work for me. Um, and then you start to, during the consultations, really sort of weed out the people that you don't really want to be working with. Um, and that's okay to do once you get to the point where you have the ability to do that, that's okay to do. But initially I think it's okay to take on a variety of clients and then you figure out what works for you. Absolutely. And I totally agree with that one. Just because you don't know what you don't know. I mean, right. unless you're very specific to right. say, that, okay, I only want to deal with athletes. Yes. Then you better try to find either a co-op or a placement yeah. that can put you at those type of facilities so you can see it from there. Because, yes. you know, you can be the smartest person in the world, but if you got no practical experience, you have no feedback, That's right. you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. All right. Next question here. So how should I market my business if I don't have any clients? So mm. what's your best tip for that? Because some people might say they'll take the certification. They'll be like, all right, for anything. And they're like, okay, should I market? Like, should I go after family friends or should I, I feel weird going out to public and saying, Hey, why don't you hire me? Because right. if I have that, that goose egg in terms of number of clients on my portfolio, what do you do? Yeah. Um, well, they're not going to know that you don't have any clients, right? I mean, um, but I think nowadays, right, you need to, you need to get word out, right? You need to have a website, you need to be on social media, you need to have like a Google profile. Because um, believe it or not, most of my clients find me through Google, people are just looking for help, they go Google all sorts of things. And so you need to have but you need to have someone that's going to put that stuff together for you properly. So you can, you know, have the right exposure. Um, and I, I think you just need to be confident. You don't have to have, you know, clients to be able to be successful. You have to start somewhere. And some people I've heard, you know, like, yeah, offer something to friends and family. I don't love to do that. I don't love to, um, there's there's a line there, right? Um, especially not so much on the personal training side, that's a little different, but on the, the nutrition and lifestyle coaching side, um, you're, you're getting into people's vulnerabilities. That's, that's tough. I don't, I, I kind of draw the line there. Um, but just put yourself out there. You have to start somewhere. Um, and don't be afraid that you don't have any clients. Again, no one knows that you don't have any clients. Uh, Unless you go out and tell people, well, right. I am brand new and I got no clients. Who, right. who wants me? Yes. You know? Yes. But in some cases, that might be okay, right? Because, absolutely. you know, and then, but I think, like you said, a lot of people are looking for a solution at this point, yes. right? Not to say they're going to go with anybody. Yeah. But if you can give your, present your best self or your best case to them. Yeah. 
hey, they can be that first one. And then they can refer yes. other people to your service. And that's a big thing here. Yes. So excellent. So how do you keep, uh, what, what would you recommend would be your best resources to stay on top of the industry? Um, I would say, oh, so my, for the, the, the personal training side aside, because I have a specific way that I like to coach my clients. Um, but for the nutrition and lifestyle coaching, I get a lot of input through the company that I did my uh, certification through, which is Precision Nutrition. And I will always toot them all day long because they are amazing. Um, and the reason- Oh, yeah. Amazing, What's his name again? Who did it? Um, oh, it's Precision Nutrition. Uh, they're an yeah. international organization. What I love no, about them is- Sorry, they, who, who's the head person? I remember oh, the name. I, Goodman. Um, you're probably familiar with him. He has like a whole team. Um, okay. what I love about them is that they're just so real. They take a real approach. Even like when I got my textbook, it was like this big, right? I was like, oh my gosh, but it's not just, you know, it's not, there's pieces, you know, the anatomy and the sciencey pieces, but there's very real conversation pieces in there that you are having with clients um, about strategy, about people, you know, the, the, the issues you might run into with people in terms of where they're struggling, not about, oh, they're not eating enough protein, but why they're not or why they're struggling just getting a hold of their, their health. There, there's, it's real information and they put amazing information out on social media that I follow all the time because it is, um, it's honest and it's, easy to apply and it makes sense and it's not overwhelming and it's easy to bring the information to your clients because it's in a way that they will also understand without having you know a background in what I do or some you know fancy science background um so I get a lot of my information in terms of industry trends and what works and what doesn't through them uh, if you're not really following them on social media you should be um and then I have a couple other key people again it's it's more the conversation piece right Ken it's it's you can tell people all day long, okay, do this type of workout or eat like this. Or, and if people are still going to have hurdles around why they can't do it or why, why it's hard for them, because there's a mental sort of block there, right? Maybe they have a history with, you know, with dieting or, you know, bad experience with a personal trainer, whatever it might be. And those are the issues we need to address a little bit more instead of just, you know, I always tell my new clients, this is not a dictatorship where I'm just going to come on here and tell you what to do. And you're going to go home and do it. Because it's not going to work that way. You're going to have roadblocks. You're going to have mental you know, blocks. You're going to have challenges. You're going to have these self-limiting beliefs, all the things that go into it. And that's where we spend most of our time talking is, is on those issues that are stopping people from moving forward in, in a real way. And so when I follow someone on social media, that's what I want is I want those real conversations. I don't want someone to tell me how to like break down the macros. I can do that all day long, but if clients don't understand why they're doing it or how this is going to help them or how they're going to possibly integrate this stuff into their crazy busy lifestyle, then you're not going to get anywhere with clients. Um, yeah. so I, I, sometimes it's sometimes not about the what it's the why, Yes. right? Yes. That, that's what pretty much it is nailing it down yeah. because you can give them all the science, all the stats, all the whatever. It's just going to go in one ear, out the other totally. ear, or just way over their heads, totally. right? But if you tell them why this is actually going to help, yes, then then they can work and then work with them to try to find out how they can incorporate that how? into their yes. own life. Then you're, you're then you're good, yes. right? That that's pretty much it. So, yes. all right. Last question I hear from Tips and the Pro here. So, what is your no? Two, I have two more questions actually. Sorry, what is your best? What would you recommend for people go join your space in terms of how they should be billing? Should they bill monthly? Should they bill like a member, like an annual thing or just 
a time thing? How, what's your best uh, recommendation for someone to bill yeah. their billing practices? Um, so for per, I always, whether it's personal training or it's the, the nutrition lifestyle coaching, you need to get a commitment from people right? It's, it's not a one-off. Oh, let me come in and do, you know, a couple sessions with you and then we'll see how it goes. No, I, I want you to make a commitment because we're, or this is real, right? We're not just doing this to like get you to the next vacation or whatever, right? We're doing this to create and establish some he- healthy habits that can take you long-term. So um, initially I always encourage people to, you know, whether it's a three-month commitment, like I alluded to earlier, and it's based on your time. Your time is important, right? So it's based on, it's sort of like a, um, it, it's a per session thing, but you're paying and ex- expecting a commitment from people up front. Same with the personal training thing. Like for my clients, you make a commitment for, for a minimum of 10 sessions. Um, now, obviously my clients that have been with me for 12, 13 years, they've gone well beyond their 10 sessions, um, <laughs> you know, but they just sort of keep renewing, right? Um, which is great. Um, but I know that at least I have them committed for that period of time, not only like financially, but so that we know that we have a commitment that we've made to each other, right? Um, and that matters. And when people know that they, uh, those are, know those are clients you want, right? They're the clients that are willing to make the commitment, uh, for three months, for 10 sessions, whatever your sort of structure is, those are the clients that you want because you know that they mean business. Uh, and that's important. What do you think is, I guess, for someone getting into this space, and let's say they'll say, what is the most common issue you're kind of seeing from the clients that, let's say the new clients coming to coming to you right now, not the ones you've already been working with. Yeah. And is there something that you're seeing that's a commonality amongst the new people that are coming, that are interested in your services? Yeah. Um, lately, it's funny, again, it goes in ways. Lately, it, it thankfully, I've had people coming to me that really want to do the work. They're serious. They've had enough of them not taking good care of themselves. But before that, you know, there's there's red flags, right? People that, that ask me, for, um, are you going to give me a meal plan? Because they want me to give them a meal plan. I don't do meal plans. Uh, we will brainstorm ideas. We will put ideas together for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. Absolutely. But I'm not going to dictate what to you, what you need to eat and when you need to eat. Because what if you don't like those things? Or you don't even know why you're eating those things? That doesn't make sense. Um, so people that want a quick fix, right? They're like, oh, I just, I like to, I have a wedding coming up. I just need to like lose 10 pounds so I can, I, I'm not interested in, in working with those clients because again, I'm looking for long-term permanent change for these women that can, so they can feel awesome forever not just till they get to the wedding day and then, you know, it, it all falls apart. So those red flags, you know, people that want the quick fix, um, that have unrealistic expectations, that are not willing to do the work, that, you know, want the quick meal plan. Um, those are, you. I used to see that a lot. I used to see that a lot. I don't see that as much anymore, which is amazing, right? That's a good thing. It's a great thing. Because um, people are taking it more seriously. And when they're, when they finally do reach out, they are usually ready to make a commitment by the time they've reached out. Like for, I offer a complimentary consultation um, and they're, they're usually ready by then to make, to, to, to do the work. So it's amazing how I've seen the shift in people. Um, I don't know what's caused that, but it's great to see. Oh, that's great to hear. Yeah. So, all right. Last question on tips from the pro here is what is your best strategy for dealing with difficult clients, mm. I guess, because you're a solopreneur. So I'm, I was going to say also sometimes with staff, but I guess in this case, it's more for you. So for all those solopreneurs out there, what's your best strategy for dealing with difficult clients? Um, honesty. Because <laughs> uh, I have worked with clients um, where, you know, we meet every week for the first three months. Um, so where week to week, we set, you know, small goals 
and they'll come back and they haven't done the work. And, you know, you kind of let it go for the first little while. Cause again, it's not, they don't need to be perfect hundred percent, but they're really not putting the work in and there's excuses and, and things like that. And, and I can, I always say to people, I can't want this more for you than you want it for yourself. Right. It doesn't work that way. I can want it all day long for you, but if you really don't want it, then it's, it's the relationship's not going to work. So, um, honesty and they're tough conversations, right? Because you don't, you know, I don't think I've ever had to let anyone go per se. I, I don't, I haven't like renewed, you know, people after their sort of their time with us, because I have to be honest with them. Like this isn't, I don't want you spending your time or your money. If your if your heart is not in this and it's, it's just a bad time in your life. Uh, it doesn't work for you just because it doesn't work right now. It doesn't mean it won't work later on, but I think it's important to have honest conversations uh, with, with whoever you're working with. No, it makes sense too, because also it, it's also for this type of service, it's very draining for even the coach like yourself, yes. right? Yes. So if it's like you're working with a client, it's like pulling teeth, Yes. you know, cause everything's hard. Yes. Nothing is easy. Oh, poor me. Yeah. You know, you'll get the, I'll, I'll, I'm not, I'm not sympathetic to somebody who's like that, but if every single session you work yeah. with is the same, you know, it's like, yeah, I think, you know what, let's just say goodbye as friends, then continue. Right. Cause otherwise it's just going to be, yeah. it's going to be a drag. Absolutely. It's going to be a drag. Agreed. All right. So last couple of questions here, here, how is, how would you be ugh, even talking here? How would, what is your best work-life balance strategy for any business owner now? Um, so <laughs> boundaries. I'm I'm huge on setting boundaries. I'm huge on saying no to things that don't work for you. I'm I'm and I'm huge on scheduling. So um whenever I, you know, plug in a client to my day or take on a networking event or a, a podcast invite or anything like that, I look at my day and I also look at my week as a whole and see so not the individual day because each individual day could be completely jammed and then by yeah. the end of the week you're just like oh my gosh right <laughs> so look at your days as a whole create create gaps in your day on purpose and in your week because we can only handle so much in an industry like i am in like you said earlier it can be exhausting you you're, i'm giving a lot of myself right so um, I'm not just sitting behind a computer and no, no offense to people that just do a, you know, computer-based job where they don't have to sort of interact. I give a lot of myself. So I need breaks into in my day. I need time to go for my walk, to take care of myself. Um, so the biggest thing is scheduling and boundaries. It is, it is key because you will burn out and then you're not, you're not, you know, uh, useful. To you're not good to anybody. No. Yeah, exactly. No. And <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have a, th a thing that I tell with all my friends and all my, um, you know, guests or any business partners, if it ain't on the Google calendar, it ain't happening. Right. So it has to be on the calendar, Yes, right? Especially for even the social stuff, making yes. time for whether it's family and friends as well. It's just really hard. Like I have a couple of young kids now that got an eight year old and a 10 year old. Yeah. And my son always keeps asking, dad, are you trying to be famous? <laughs> I said, I don't think so. Cause they, they always see me working. Right. right? And I try to make sure I, I still take them to all their martial arts yes. and their events and everything. And, yep. you know, and I never, I never knew this about my wife before, but she, Mrs. K was telling me one time that she was saying that she feels sometimes bad. I said, why do you feel bad? She says, well, because, you know, you're with them almost all the time. Like I, I work from home for the most part. I do have to go to the office every like once a week or so, yeah. but running my thing here, but you know, I'm with them in the mornings. 
I'm with them in the afternoons. And she comes home in the afternoon, like like everyone else. Like she works at a hospital and stuff like that. She's very fixed hours. But, you know, taking them to all their activities. So sometimes I never thought about it from this perspective from my wife, because I thought I'm just doing my part as a dad. Yeah. Right. Just looking after my kids. Yeah. And sometimes when on the weekends where I was like, let's all go for something. I'll be like, tag, you're it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm good yeah. with the kids. Yeah. You can no, take no. them out. I can do my podcasting stuff. I can do whatever. Yeah. And, uh, but she always felt like she was just missing out because she's also doing martial arts as well. And I encouraged her to do that. Yeah. So a couple times a week in the evening, she goes and does martial arts as right. well, which is great. But she feels like she's taking that, that time away from our, like mm-hmm. she's not with the kids as much. So right. I was like, oh, I didn't even realize it. I was yeah. just, I almost felt bad. I'm saying, yeah, just take them. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> take them. I'm good for the week. <laughs> right. But, uh, <laughs> Let me ask you this final question before we hit the rapid fire round here. And I know we're just up to time here. What is your funniest business story? Funniest business story. Wow. I don't know that I have any. I'm not really like a a funny. Um, Well, you're a very funny person, Rhonda. So that's why I'm kind of curious to hear some type of knee slapper right here. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Geez, I have answers for everything, but I don't know that I have an answer for the funniest story. I didn't, I think I asked Claudine that one. I think she came up with something else, but I'm not going to mention it. But uh, I think it, for those listening, just watch on the episode for yeah, that one. Yeah. But uh, that's okay. If you haven't found any funny, it could even be in your corporate life, your old, your previous life as well. Just something funny that, uh, you know. I don't know. I mean, I, it's it's not like, I, the only thing I can say about, you know, funny and not a story. It's just like, I think it's important to have fun in your business too. Like even though a lot of the issues that I'm talking with clients about are, are serious, you know, life issues and health and all that good stuff. I still think it's good to like, to have fun and, 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 and be funny and joke about some of the serious stuff with clients. So sometimes, you know, we can be a little bit inappropriate with clients, like between the, between us. And I think that's okay. I think it's okay to, to laugh at ourselves and understand that we're not, we're not perfect and we're going to do ridiculous things and make bad choices. And, you know, and, and so I know it's not really answering your question about a funny story, but I think overall, I think it's good to have fun in your business, no matter what industry you are in. All right. No, I'm good. To, and that's okay. And yeah. it, it happens for a lot of different things, right? Yeah. So mine, a cat jumped in the middle of a podcast, which is not that funny nowadays. But <laughs> yeah. at the time, I thought I locked my office door. Right. And then my cat jumped in. Right. There was another moment I, because there's another podcast I do is the Jaybird watching one for the Toronto, for those who watch the Toronto Blue Jays. Yes. And I'm on I'm that show most. I'm a huge Jays fan. Yeah. I might have to ask you to be on the show there. It's a live stream event though. So, oh, okay. you, yeah. So, and it's myself as I, I, I'm, my positioning is I'm the casual fan, right? Oh, okay. I remember the Jays back in the day when they were, you know, World Series champions. Yeah. But then I kind of lost touch after a few years. But then I just got back into it again. I'm very, very happy with the Jays fans. So my other co-hosts, they're very hardcore Jays fans. So yeah, I'm like, do. I'm the casual fan. Yeah. But you know what? If you want to increase your listenership, you got to bring in the more casual people, yeah. right? So yeah. it's a live thing. And it was funny because during that moment, I'm there. And I didn't notice this until after when I was watching it on YouTube. I'm there and you see my office behind me. For those yeah. audio listeners, you won't be able to see my office. But you actually see in one episode, my son bear crawling to grab the tablet oh. that was in the office. <laughs> right. And this is all on YouTube now. It's for everybody to see. I'm like, awesome. I was like, oh, my God, that's very embarrassing. But uh, Hey, you, do you need a voiceover? Well, look no farther. Northway Capital Group has your answer. Commercials and explainer videos, AVR and voicemail, health and wellness, corporate training and e-learning, announcements, documentaries, and biography. 
contact us on social media or email us at northwaycapelgroup at gmail.com. Now it's time for the rapid fire round. All right, this is, the, this is the last one. This is the rapid fire round. This is the more fun stuff. Okay. And I promise not to ask you all the same questions that I asked uh, some of the other guests okay. that you, you're referring to, Miss uh, Claudine, the yeah. coach. Yeah, that's okay. So uh, I'll ask you, but I might include a couple of the same okay. ones. But okay, first question. Do you have anything autographed by a celebrity? Mm. Um, I have Jillian Michaels' book. I went to one of her book signings, another awesome woman that I love following. So yes, I have an autographed book from Jillian. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had anything stolen? If so, what was it? Huh. Yeah, recently I had my cell phone stolen twice no. in three months. Once I was at the mall, um, I had a purse and the, the phone was right there and they had this whole scheme going because I found out later and they actually got it on camera, her picking the phone out of my purse. So that happened. And then three months later, my phone was outside and an Amazon driver stole my phone. Amazon driver. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. But Amazon was good enough to reimburse me for the cost of the phone. So that was lovely. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I, I can't know how to top that. Right. The only thing autographed from a celebrity that I got was from Pete Sampras. Oh, okay. the, the tennis player. Yeah. And it wasn't, he gave it to me. He gave it to my mom to give to me. Oh. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so it could have been someone else that looked like Pete Sampras that gave it to me. Cause if it said to Ken, Keep playing from Pete Sampras, right. then I would have been like, wow, that's him. Yeah. But uh, nothing stolen. Actually, I was very lucky. I've lost a couple of cell phones. Yep. And I remember losing one at the party one time, so I had to get another oh. one. And I just so happened to call my number, or someone called me and said, hey, we found your phone. Oh. I said, really? Yeah, yeah. I found it on the street corner here. I said, do you want it? I'm like, it still works? He's like, yeah. And this is like, weeks after I lost oh it. Oh my gosh. It fell, I was going to a party with my now wife and it fell out of my pocket and it was a snow, it was starting to snow. Oh, okay. And I didn't notice it because, you know, my significant other's with me. Yeah. Who's going to call me? Right. right. And right there at the party and I'm driving home and then I'm like, where did my phone go? <laughs> and I was like, do you want any, do you want any money for it? I was like, it's okay. He gave me my phone and I, I'm just like that. And I had a BlackBerry back when BlackBerry right. was so cool. Even though this phone looks like a BlackBerry, which is what I use right now right. Uh, for those video listeners. Uh, it's an Android, so that's why it's a good thing. Um, my wife and I were biking. Fell out of my pocket. I don't know what during this thing. And this is during the time. So the birthday gift for my wife at this time was, you know, the kids are with grandma. We were going to just do a nice bike ride from, uh, I'm based in Ajax. Yeah. And we were going to go from like Pickering to Whitby, right, right near the waterfront area, just to do that. So it had fallen out. A guy found it and he called me and we met up and I said, well, here, do you want some, some money? Like, no, no, I'm a realtor. Here's my card. If you ever want to sell or buy or sell your home, let me know. There you go. He was just paying it forward. I was like, wow, geez, I don't want to, I don't want to test my luck on the third one. So yeah, <laughs> keep really? that there. But, uh, You've had some honest right, people. That, yeah. Very lucky. All right. Next question here. What are your guilty pleasures? Now I'm going to first start preface this one with when it, when it comes to food and then other guilty pleasures. Um, so what about your food? Okay. So food. Oh, um, chips and chocolate at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> chocolate chips. There you sure. go. Um, and then non-food guilty pleasures. Um, eh. uh, 
I don't know. You know what I love to do, which I haven't done in a long time, but I want to get back to is like all those like obstacle course races, you know, like, oh, like Spartan races, yeah. zombie races, yeah. tough models. All of those things I love doing. Obviously, it all came to a halt with COVID and it's they're all starting to get back up and running. I just haven't been able to like fit them into my schedule with different kids stuff. But that and it's not really guilty pleasure, but it's like. I love it. I love the high from it. I love, you know, challenging myself um, with doing those things and getting muddy and dirty and sweaty and wet and be a big mess. It's awesome and fun. You should try it if you haven't done it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, have you ever heard of adventure racing? No. If you, you have an Amazon Prime membership yep. by any chance? Yep. If you go to Amazon Prime Video, okay. there should be something. But you remember, do you know who Bear Grylls is? He's that survivalist oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, English yeah. So he has a he hosted a show. It's called the World's Toughest Race. It's an adventure race. It was an eleven day race from teams all over the world. It involved you know orienteering, mountain biking, canoeing, paddling, rappelling off mountains, wow. and stuff like that. Now I got my wife Mrs. K that race last year as a birthday gift, and it wasn't the mountain part. One one the uh, rappelling down mountains, okay. but they had to do a. I don't know. They had to start this canoeing, kayaking thing for like five kilometers. Then they had to do almost like a 20K mountain bike. Yeah. Then a, a, like a 10K orienteering running hike thing. And the thing is, you have to do it as a team. Ooh. So you couldn't just say, okay, I'll go over here. You go over there. Okay. You have to stay together. Okay. Right. And your your goal is to try to accumulate as many points. So okay. there's, their race was supposed to be between three to five hours. Yeah. Right. And uh, it's, it was a fun thing. They trained as a team for it and we went to a cottage to, to do it. And I just had to watch the kids, of course, because right. we couldn't watch her do it. Right. And I was, you know, after five hours, I thought the race was over. Apparently, they didn't finish till about, you know, six and a half hours. Oh, really? And I was like, oh, am I going to have to set? Because I was wondering, I'm like, their, their start time was like a 10. Right. And I thought, okay, five hours would be around two. Yeah. And by four o'clock, I'm like, shouldn't we be picking your mommy up now? I don't know why she, why she hasn't messaged me. Right. Right. And. But uh, no, that's something you can definitely look awesome. at. But, yeah, watch that. that. Watch that. World's toughest race. It's only it's based in Fiji, I guess, this one. And right. it's a really entertaining race. And uh, spoiler alert, Canada does well. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Thank you. Uh, all right. Last. Okay, next question here. What is the oddest job you've ever took? The oddest job? Oh. Yes. Hmm. I don't know. I haven't had any really odd jobs. Um... Just trying to think about my my past. I worked what the job that I worked the longest. My first job was I worked in the deli at when it used to be A and P. It's now Metro. Um, <laughs> and I mean, what the, the oddest thing about that was that like you always smelled like deli meat. Like I would get in the car, and my mom would be like, "You smell like deli meat, like so gross," and you don't even notice it because you've just been like engrossed in it the whole day. Um, yeah, not really odd, I guess, but stinky for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you ever do you remember watching Seinfeld back in the day? Yeah, a little bit. My husband's a Seinfeld little, fan, but well, there was one episode that the character Kramer was into sunbathing. Okay. And he decided instead of using like sun tanning lotion, he put used butter. Oh. And uh, you know, so he unfortunately he roasted, so he was covered in butter. Right. And then someone spilt like some some spice on him, and one of his friends was I think Newman. He was actually like very hungry. Yeah. He just looked at him, <laughs> and he's like he's roasted right. with butter with some seasoning and he was just like you see them later on he's kramer's like you bit me <laughs> you bit me all right so that's what i think about when you said you smell like food or something like yeah. that but uh, yeah. funny stuff there all right what was i going to ask you on this one? Oh, did i forget that one? Uh, but, oh, you know not, i didn't forget that one at all all right i'm going to ask you the ones that you probably know are expecting okay. if all right 
If you could have a sandwich, what would be on it and what would it be called? Oh, yeah, I'm not good like cluttering with the name, but um, I love like just fresh chicken breast, avocado has to be on it, lettuce, pickles, and a little bit of like chipotle mayo. On what kind of bun? Oh, um, like a like a ciabatta bun, like fresh, like straight nice. out of the oven. Yeah. You know who struggles with that question the most? Who? I've had a couple of chefs. Oh yeah. When I asked them that question, they just their brain is just like oh, gosh. <laughs> too many options. <laughs> I know, and they were like, you know, and then I had another one was like, uh, is cereal a soup? Why or why not? Oh, cereal or soup? Is it? Oh, hmm. cereal a soup? That's really the question. Oh. I asked the question, and one person, one chef was like, he doesn't eat it, so he didn't think about. It. The other one's like. Well, no, because it's not a soup because it's cold. But then he's you like, can have wait cold a minute. Soups? Yeah. Exactly. That, that's why he started mm. stressing. He's like, wait a minute. There's a bunch of cold soups. <laughs> and then he was because like, it wasn't about whether it's yes or no, whether it's a, is a soup or not. Right. Then you have to defend it. Why? Right. Why did you say that? Right. right. So it, is cereal a soup? Um, I would say no. Yeah, nutrition background. I'd say no say because it's just, it's, there's generally like not boatloads of sugar in your soup. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you the kind of soup I'm making. Yeah, yeah, I'm right. <laughs> Half a bag of stevia all in that. No, I'm right, kidding. Right. That's not how I do it. But uh, no, oh. that's okay. Uh, all right, last question here. What is your theme song? Oh, I forgot to ask. Oh. What was you going to name your sandwich? I know, I don't have a name. I'm not like creative. Um, I don't know. I'm not creative. Uh, I don't know, do my own At this point... At this point, we're going to call it Armor Off. That's all. We're oh, going to call look it. at you! Yeah, or help me, Rhonda. <laughs> and yeah, or help me, Rhonda. Yes. See, this is a, Rhonda has a really cool first and last name, right? Armor. I'm like, how do you go wrong with armor? Right. It's like, yeah, armor plating, armor whatever. Right. But you know what? Most people are like when they pronounce my name. Often it's like Rhonda Armour. I'm like, no, Armour. it's not fancy. It's just armor. <laughs> it's just armor. armor. Think metal. Think strong. Think armor. That's right. That's so, right. All right, last question. Yeah, so what is your theme song and why? So that song hits, you're walking down, people know Rhonda's coming. Gosh, my kids are mortified when I start dancing and singing because I, I do love music. <laughs> it like gets me going. But one song actually that I had to, I was on a podcast maybe a year ago and before you get going with the podcast, she makes you pick three songs and like you have to like literally stand up and dance and sing to the song to get you all like loose and ready. And the song that, that I picked was um, Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Um, because like it's just it's so awesome. I just love the whole concept. Of don't stop believing because many times in my career I've like temporarily stopped believing until someone gives me a little smack upside the head. Um, and and uh, so and it's just a fantastic song. Just a fantastic song. Yeah, it it rocks. That's all I could say. Love I love that song as well. So cool. any other final thoughts, Rhonda, as we're, we're we're wrapping up here that you want to give the listeners who are either wanting to start a business or you know they might be struggling in their current business? Any mm -hmm. final thoughts you can give them? Um, I think the biggest thing is if you are passionate about something or your your business is struggling but you are passionate about it, um, continue forging forward. Um, I think that too many people are in in a workplace or in a business that they're not truly passionate about. And that's why it doesn't actually work. And I think that if you can be passionate, like really hardcore about it, um, you will have bumps in the road for sure. We all do. Um, but it'll, it'll work out the way that it was intended to work out if, if that's your passion. So just go after what, what you love doing and, and make an impact. 
All right. That's great to hear. And where can people find you? Um, head to my website. So Rhonda Armour Coaching. Um, all the info is there in terms of what I offer. You can book a complimentary consultation through there. You can get on my monthly newsletter. Um, and it really, I, I, I try to on my website, give people a good understanding of sort of my philosophy and methodology around coaching. Um, so that before you book the consultation, you sort of know who I am and what I stand for. Um, so take a read there. Um, and I also forgot, we also forgot to talk about your book. Really oh, quickly. Yes, so yes. what's a sneak peek, give a, give the listeners a taste of what, why they should get your book and what's your book about? So, well, the title sort of says it all in a way. Um, it is um, called Before You Start Another Diet, Read This. And it's really about unsubscribing from the diet culture and instead focusing on the inner work of your self-care. So what I mean by the inner work is asking yourself the questions, right, about what's going to work for you as an individual. So don't just say, oh, I'm going to start eating healthy. What does that even mean for you, right? How are you going to do that? What's your approach? You know, what 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 works? What doesn't? So all the sort of things that I think we need to um, ask ourselves and the, the the inner work we need to do before we proceed with healthy habits. Um, and there's lots of raw personal you know stories that I have that I've shared with clients in or not even just clients but readers in the book, so that you understand that you're not alone in your journey when it comes to your self care. That things that you've thought, you've said, you've done. I've probably thought, said, and done those same things. And even though I do this for a living, it's not easy. So um, it's an easy read. It's simple. It's not overwhelming. It's not sciencey and technical. It's it's real, you know, conversation. Um, and you can find it on Amazon. Excellent. Well, well, Rhonda, it was great to have you on the show. Thank, Thank you. you for coming. Thank you. It was awesome. Appreciate it. Do you have a small business story to share? The SME Stories Podcast is looking for entrepreneurs to share their tales of success, failure, and everything. If you're interested in being a guest on our show or know someone would be a great fit, please contact us at Northway Capital Group at gmail.com. That's Northway Capital Group at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to the SME Stories Podcast, which is owned by Northway Capital Group. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Northway Capital Group.